Well, uh, this morning, well, first of all, last week, Jay taught from John 3.16 and entitled the message, The True Gift. And this morning, we're going to be examining Isaiah 9, verses 6 through 7, and I've entitled this message, God's Indescribable Gift. A little gift theme here, and we'll see that. Actually, John 3.16 will tie in here. Uh, you'll see a little bit later, too. But before uh, we dive into it, we want to, as always, here stand together and read. And I've brought a special reader with me. James Robert, come up here, buddy. James Robert's going to lead us this morning. Do we have a mic that works, or I'll just give him this. Here we go. For a child will be born to us, a son will be given to us, and the government will rest on his shoulders, and his name will be called the Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. There will be no end to the increase of his government of uh, on the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and do up it with justice and righteousness from then on forevermore, the zeal of his Lord of hosts will accomplish this. All right, let's, let's pray. Well, Lord, thank you so much um, for your word. And Lord, we know that when we read your word and we hear your word, we're hearing from you. And Lord, we have heard from you this morning. And Lord, thank you for uh, the fact that uh, when you um, speak to us through your word, you do it. Uh, in, in many voices, some that sound deeper, higher, raspy, uh, whatever it might be. Lord, we thank you for that, and that Lord, you, you promised to bless your words. So, Lord, we trust in you for that this morning. As we look into this wonderful passage we just read, in Jesus' name, amen. Thanks, James Robert. Okay. All right. Well, today, people all over the world, as we all know, are celebrating Christmas. Some of them have probably celebrated a little bit already before we did because of time zone, and some are waiting to celebrate after us. And some of you I've already understood um, this morning uh, woke up late and didn't open any gifts, and you have kids. Man, unbelievable. Somebody to do that. I don't know. I, I don't know, Jay. If you find anybody like that, like one of our elders, let me know. All right, but uh, part of this celebration is, 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 is gift giving, and, and early Christians um, celebrated by giving gifts, and, and, and the purpose, sometimes we forget, was to remember the gift that God gave us in Jesus as we give those gifts. And just a reminder, as we open up gifts, be reminded we're receiving these gifts, and they're, they're gifts of God's grace, but the greatest gift we need to be reminded of is Jesus. And, and most people get excited about receiving gifts. Does anybody get excited about receiving gifts? Okay, 10 honest people. That's more than normal. Um, and, and some of us here this morning have, have probably searched for our gifts in hiding places before Christmas got here. Anybody ever done that? Okay, so a few honest people. The rest of you are liars. Um, just kidding. I shouldn't be calling li- people liars up here, but if you didn't raise your hand, maybe you just didn't want to incriminate yourself. <laughs> but, uh, but I think all of us have been excited when we realize that the biggest box under the tree is ours. Anybody ever, like, oh my gosh that box is for me, and it's got my name on it. Oh, I can't wait to open up that box. And I don't know if you've ever had this happen, but maybe the biggest box is yours, and you open the big box, and inside that big box is a smaller box. 
and you open that box, and it's a smaller box. And by this time, you know, okay, this is the whole bigger to smaller box, little hoax that people like to play. And, and you go on and on and on until you come to this very small box, and you find out when you open that little small box, there's even a smaller box. You just couldn't imagine being a smaller box that you just opened. And as you open that final box, you discover that not only was this whole big box, a little box technique a joke, so is the penny that's found in the last box. I mean, from anticipation to disappointment really quick, no matter how quickly you tore open those boxes. And you just discovered that you were disappointed when you opened up that last gift. But you see, thankfully, God's gifts aren't like that at all. In fact, they're just the opposite. The more you unwrap them, the more excited and fulfilled you get. Have you ever experienced that with God's gifts to you? Well, God is a giver. In fact, James 1.5 says that he's a generous giver. God loves to give. He's not a stingy giver. He's a generous giver. And, and, and when it comes to his, his gifts, they're amazing, they're perfect, and yet one stands out above them all, doesn't it? The gift of Jesus. That's why we're here that's why we have Christmas, to celebrate. The early Christians set aside a time to celebrate. And we can argue all about when exactly. It wasn't December 25th. We all know that. So if you're going to tell me that later, I know that already, okay? It's, it's, it's not a, we just, they decided to set aside a time to remember this great gift that God gave us. And there's nothing wrong with that. And now we've kind of made that something other than it really is supposed to be. But, hey, we're here because we want to celebrate the greatest gift. And, in fact, um, God's gift to us, uh, this gift of his son, who came to live, to die, to be buried, to rise again, to redeem a multitude from every tribe, tongue, people, and nation. Oh, that's something to celebrate. And, and Paul is so overwhelmed by this. Look, um, Jay may mentioned this last night, but look what Paul says in 2 Corinthians 9.15. Thanks be to God for his, listen, indescribable gift indescribable gift. He's so overwhelmed by the gift of Jesus that he calls it indescribable. And yet Paul and others go on and still try to describe it. It's indescribable, but they still try to describe it. And, and maybe you've actually received something before and somebody said, well, tell me about it. And you're just like, uh, well, uh, you just can't, there's so much to tell about. You can hardly say anything. But then you kind of gather yourself and you begin to describe it. And, and that's what Paul does. That's what many of the biblical writers do. And, and God's gift of Jesus is indescribable when it comes to being able to describe, to, to describe him fully. Okay, we can't describe him fully, but listen to this. We can describe him truly. Let me say that again. We can't describe him fully. We understand him completely, but we can describe him and understand him truly. Isn't that good news? The things that we can describe, the things that we can understand, it can be true, and it can be a blessing to us. And the more we look into God's indescribable gift, the more amazed and excited we get. It heightens our anticipation instead of dashing our hopes like the little box trick. In fact, as we work down through our passages of Scripture this morning, I want us to experience the exact opposite of the big box to little box technique. Right? We want to go the exact opposite way. And before we look at this passage in Isaiah... Um, chapter 9, which James Robert led us in. 
uh, I just want to remind us of the context here. Uh, we, we talk about this all the time, the importance of, uh, of understanding the context so we don't take God's word and make it say what we want to say. All right, that's why. I mean, we've, we've said this before. Jay said it before. I know I've said it before. But the, most three, the three most important things when you study the Bible, the number, the number one is context. Help me. What's number two? Context. Number three is context. Context, context, context. So we want to get the context right. So as Isaiah is writing here um, in the, seven, at the 8th century B.C., in the 700s B.C., he's writing to the nation of Israel, and they're in bad shape. They, 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 they've caught up in materialism, superstition, and their leadership, there's a leadership crisis with the people. They're caught up in all kinds of central interests. If you read Isaiah, they're on the hills of war and they're headed for more war. Uh, there's despair, there's darkness. It's not, it's not Merry Christmas. It's not Merry at all for the nation of Israel. When, when Isaiah pins these words and God speaks to him, it was dark. Not just physically probably, but more importantly, spiritually. And these people, they needed hope. They needed deliverance. They need, some, people, some of them needed uh, just to be lifted out of despair. And that is exactly what God, through Isaiah, is going to do. A few minutes ago, we sang, at my request, O Little Town of Bethlehem, which most of us know. And in there, in one of the lines, it says, The hopes and fears of all the years are met in thee tonight. That's a response to God sending Jesus. The hopes and the fears of all the years are met in thee tonight. And it was God's indescribable gift where all their hopes and fears of all the years were met. All of us, in some way, have had hopes and fears during this past year, haven't we? Hopes and fears. And, and, and this past month, maybe this past week, maybe even this morning, some hopes and some fears. And let me assure you that God's indescribable gift is where your hopes of God's forgiveness, his presence, his power, his deliverance, they all rest in his indescribable gift of Jesus. And God's indescribable gift is also where, we, where all of our fears are calmed and we experience the peace of God. Isn't that good news? That our hopes and fears are met in, not only for the nation of Israel where they met, but they're met in Jesus for us today. That's good news, no matter where we are on this Christmas day. So let's now turn our attention to, to Isaiah 9, 6, and 7. We're going to discover seven characteristics usually describes God, to, dis, describe, to describe God's indescribable gift. doesn't seem to go together, but that's what we're going to do. We're going to use seven characteristics to describe God's in, indescribable gift from this passage so we can treasure the greatest gift ever. So let me begin first. Uh, um, I, I need a volunteer. I need, I need a volunteer. Here's a volunteer. All right, um, Garrett, come here, buddy. All right, I'm, I'm, as only only kids can volunteer. All right, Jason, put your hand down. Okay, open up this first gift right here, Garrett. All right, Be, hey, now if you're gonna well, hold on before you do this, if you're gonna come up here and open a gift, open a gift like you mean it. Don't just peer, rip that thing apart. Come on, Garrett, like you're playing middle linebacker. That away. All right, open that thing up. All right, what's in it? Chocolate kiss, and now open that and read it for me. Loud, yeah. No, yeah, not, not whisper, yeah. Loud, so everybody can hear it. He is a gift. He is a gift, all right. You can, say, you can take that with you and the chocolate, all right? All right, he is a gift. This is the first characteristic of God's indescribable gift that we're going to look at from this passage this morning. If you look there again with me in verse 6, notice there it says, a son will be given. 
to you. A son will be given. Notice it says given. God's gift is just that, a gift. Now, that sounds redundant, doesn't it? God's gift is a gift, but it needs to be redundant. The recipients of Isaiah's prophecy had consistently rejected God's grace by faith and tried to earn things from God. They tried to do things their way. They rejected God's gift, and many out and out rebelled against him. Others tried to to earn it through the law or other things that they added to the law to earn God's favor. Uh, They needed a reminder that God's gift was exactly that, a gift. He was not earned or deserved. God's way has always been by grace. The word grace just means gift, truly means gift. The the, the Greek word for grace, maybe you met a girl named this, is charis. This means gift. It's a great name for a girl if you were thinking about naming a child here this morning. All right, but, and, and this, should be, this should have brought great humility to the people who read this, that a son would be given, that God was going to give a gift. It should have humbled them, especially when they were trying to earn God's favor, and especially in the fact that they had rebelled against God, and he was still going to give them a gift. We, too, need to be reminded here this morning that God's gift, his indescribable gift, is a gift. Would you say that with me? A gift. Say it again. A gift. It's a gift. We, 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 we didn't earn it. We didn't deserve it. It always puzzles me, and it, it doesn't do as, I don't, I don't listen, my radio in my car doesn't work, so it, maybe that's why I don't listen to Christian radio much in my car, because it doesn't work. But um, uh, I just listen to things on my phone, I guess. So I, but Christian radio has been notorious for this, or even Christian organizations, and this just drives me nuts. I know their brothers and sisters in Christ, they're still saved, but they got, there's a problem. Have you ever heard somebody on the radio said, hey, send in your gift of $25, send in your $25 to help support our radio station, and we'll send you a gift of this book. Now hold on here. Send in $100, and we'll send you this gift. That's not a gift. You have to send, I want to call one of those radio stations and say, hey, can I have my gift of that book? Well, no, you need to send in $25. Hey, it's not a gift then, but I won't do that. All right, it's not a gift. And we, we use the word gift, that's why we have to hear it. Again, it's a gift. A gift you can't earn and deserve. You don't send in a certain amount to get something back. God gives it. He gives it. We, we, we've ruined the word gift. It's a gift. It's a gift, it's just given freely. And we were reminded of this indescribable gift of God as Jay last week took us to John three sixteen. for God so loved the world that, and Jay emphasized this, he gave. He gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. He gave. When you think about giving this Christmas, marvel at the amazing gift, the amazing truth that God gave. He gave. His indescribable gift is just that, a gift. Now, just think, that's just the first box. That was pretty good. I mean, I, I can go home on that one, but I'm not going to let you. All right? You could too, all right? We're going we're gonna to look at another gift here, so I need another. Um, is this, this is the next box a little bigger, so I need a, another. Oh, oh, right back there. You got your hand. Come on, sweetie. Oh, I'm one of my neighbor girls. All right, here we go. Hey, I, I know you can rip into a gift. Tear that gift open right there and just let it roll. Let me see how good it rip. Oh, come on, get it going. Get that away. Rip it open. 
ripping open. Yeah. Keep ripping. Keep going. You're doing a great job. Now, this top box just slides right. This top just slides right off. Oh, she's getting all the paper off. I love it. There we go. All right. Now, just pull that apart. Like, yeah, there you go. Oh, yeah. What's in there? What's in there? Oh, look in here. It all fell down. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Look, look. What did you get? What's in there? Tell me, what's in there? What's in your hand? How many? Two pieces of chocolate. Garrett, how many did you get? One. All right. She's a lot cuter than you. Can you read this for me? Flip it up there so you can see it. What's it say? He is a child. He is a child. Yeah, he is a child. Here, take that back with you. Oh, 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 wait, your chocolate. There you go. All right. He is a child. All right. Thank you. This is the second characteristic from our passage. He is a child. Look there with me again at our passage. For a, for a child will be born to us. First, notice the word for. For. It's like the word therefore, right? And we see the word therefore, we want to ask the question, what? What's it there for? And it's pointing back to the, the, the deliverer who would conquer me finally and forever in verses 1 through 5 of Isaiah 9. Now, notice what it says that this mighty deliverer, it says that it, the mighty deliverer would be a, help me, a child, a child, literally a baby boy. Yes, this baby boy would be delivered, not, not an army of mighty angels. That, that's not who God used to deliver his people. It was a baby boy. In fact, the grammar here actually points back to something you see earlier in Isaiah seven fourteen. It says, therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, a virgin will be with child and bear a son. And she will call his name Emmanuel. The fact that the mighty deliverer would be a baby boy born of a virgin points back to the illustration. All right, bear with me. We could have done all, all seven verses, but we didn't. But I want to point out a verse, verse four, because this points back to this deliverer. Look at verse four of chapter nine. Look what it says For you shall break the yoke of their burden and the staff on their shoulders, the rod of their oppressor, as at the battle of Midian. Now, if you were reading this, Oh, the Battle of Midian. And you may be thinking right now, the Battle of Midian, what in the world is that? Well, let me tell you, the Battle of Midian. I mean, it was a battle, wasn't it, Jay? It was an amazing battle. It was during the time of Judges, and this was recorded in Judges 6 and 7. You can go back and read the whole thing later. Uh, and what would happen in Judges, right, this was before the kings, all right, the people would rebel against God, against his ways, and then they would, God would send an enemy to to discipline them, and they would cry out to God, God, please forgive us, deliver us, and God would send a judge. Most of you remember a guy named Samuel, Samson, all right? Big old strong dude was one of the judges, okay? There's a bunch of other ones too, all right? But in chapter six, God sent the Midianites to bring about discipline on his people because they had just rebelled against him again. He lovingly sent them to discipline him, and they cried out for God to deliver, and they sent, God sent them a judge named, anybody know? Gideon. He sent Gideon. And the, now think about this. The Midianite army, here's this major battle. Listen, guys, listen. All right. I'm, these boys are looking at me. Okay. This, this is a big time battle. All right. They had 135,000 trained warriors. And they were equipped with the latest, greatest equipment. I mean, whatever the latest, greatest equipment uh, for a warrior would be, they had it. 
They, they were decked out in warrior gear, all right? And God gave Gideon, listen, they had 135,000, and God gave Gideon 32,000. Which side do you want to be on? 135,000 or 32,000? 32,000. Ah, somebody knows the rest of the story, yeah. And, and the thing is that the 32,000 was a little too much, and 22,000 of them, we think that they showed themselves to be a little bit afraid to go against 135,000, so 22,000 of them left. There's only 10,000 left. 135,000 against 10,000, and that was still too much because God knew the heart of his people. If they would have won with 10,000, they would have boasted about it, so he cut them down to 300. It's 300. 300 against 135,000, fully equipped. The 300 basically had clay pots, torches, and, and kazoos. That's what they went to war with. All right, well, whose side do you want to be on? 300 with the torches, clay pots, and kazoos, or the 135,000 with the M whatever rifles? Who, what side do you want to be on? Yeah, if you're, if you're honest, you probably, if you don't know the rest of the story, I'm on the 135,000 fully equipped warriors, not 300 that are going with nothing. All right, well, here's what happened. God took the 300 men, won't tell you the whole story. You should go read it, not now, Judges 6 and 7. He took the 300. God used those 300 to defeat 135,000 Midianites. That's something that can only be explained by God. Only be explained by God that that happened. And that's exactly Isaiah's point here in verse 4. And when he points back, he says, for a child will be born to us. For, let's go back and look. Because of Midian, God did something that only he could do, only be explained by God. And the fact that their deliverer is going to be a baby boy a child can only be explained by God. That's the point. What a great illustration. Isn't God a great illustrator of truth? What a great illustration. God's indescribable gift, his ultimate and final deliverer is a son, a baby boy, a child, and this way God gets all the credit and all the glory, and we get none for delivering ourselves from our own sin. And, and if you've received God's indescribable gift, his son, he will do these things in and through you that can only be explained by him. And maybe you've had that experience, that God's done things in your life that can only be explained by him. I love it when that happens. How in the world did that happen? I don't know. I don't know how that happened. People ask us how in the world we had, we made it with four kids, four and a half and under. I don't, I don't know. John all might know. I have no idea how we did it. Well, my wife. But I, I mean, it was just a blur, but somehow God got us through. Can only be explained by God that that happened, and way greater things than that. I ask a question to you here when we think about this. Are you willing to trust God in the midst of your struggles and your pain and your victory that he can do things that can only be explained by him through you? Hey, he sent our deliverer as a child to conquer sin and death. He can do anything. Well, we've now discovered the first two boxes, and we've opened up in God's indescribable gift. I need another, I need another uh, um, right here. I'll get you in a second, Asher. What's your name, young man? No, right there in the white. What, Owen, come on. Hustle down here. See how fast you're on timing in the 40. Ready, go. Two, five. All right. Rip this one up right here. Now, you've got to get aggressive with it. I used packing tape because I couldn't find the scotch tape. So it's, these kids are pretty amazing. All right. That's kind of how I would wrap a gift anyway. All right, just rip that thing open. Yeah, come on, that away. This guy's got some grip strength. Just, yeah, come on. There you go. Now make sure you get everything out of there. Make sure you get, what do you got in there? Three chocolates. Okay, three chocolates. We're getting more every time. All right, what's this say? Real loud. 
counselor. Say it real loud. Sorry. He's the wonderful counselor. All right, thank you very much. You can take that back to your seat. All right. This is the third characteristic of God's indescribable gift. We're describing God's indescribable gift the best we can because God through Isaiah does. He's the wonderful counselor. Look again in verse 6 of our passage this morning. Um, and note it says that he is, he will call, his name will be called Wonderful Counselor. What in the world does this name mean? Well, we need to understand what the word wonder would have meant to the original recipients. So consider this in Psalm 78, 11. They, they forgot his deeds and his miracles, or the translation, this could also be wonders that he had shown them. This word used to describe, this word for wonders or miracles was used to describe only things that God could do. His wonders. He was a wonder. It was a wonder, the things that God could do. Only God could do a wonder. And now consider the word counselor or counsel, and we see from Isaiah 28, 29, this also comes from the Lord of hosts who has made his counsel wonderful and his wisdom great. And Isaiah also uses these words in Isaiah 11, 2. The spirit of the Lord will rest on him, and the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and strength, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. Again, speaking of this indescribable gift. Therefore, the words wonderful counselor are referenced to the fact that God's indescribable gift, listen really closely, his deliverer will not only be a gift, not only be a child, but he will be God. He will be God. We often think, and rightly so, wonderful counsel, that he gives us wisdom. He does. But these words were only used for God, not of people. So when he uses these words, speaking of the indescribable gift, he's pointing out that he will be God. Amazing. The wonderful counselor will be God. And the fact that he is God, that's what makes him a wonderful counselor. That's what gives him all wisdom and knowledge. He's God, and he's a wonderful counselor because he contains all wisdom and knowledge. In fact, this is said of Christ in Colossians 2, 2 and 3. Christ himself, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge, our wonderful counselor. And since God's indescribable gift is a wonderful counselor, we have no reason to seek counsel from any place else. We have no reason to do that. Yes, God encourages us to seek wisdom from others, but who are the others we're going to seek wisdom from? Are they the people who are going to point us back to the wonderful counselor and his inerrant and all-sufficient word, the Bible? Those are the kind of the counselors we're going to seek. To seek. They'll cause us to seek the wonderful counselor who gives us everything. So let me encourage you this morning to cling to the wonderful counselor because he is God. And because he is God, he has all knowledge and wisdom for whatever situation you find yourself in. He is the wonderful counselor. Well, we've had three boxes open, right? We've got four to go. They're getting bigger. God's gift only gets bigger and bigger, doesn't it? So I need another volunteer. Asher, come on. And you're, you're next, big guy. No, not, right, not this time. Next one, all right? Come on, Asher. Let's see it, buddy. I know how strong you are. Let's go. Come on. Pull that thing out of there. Rip it open now. You've got, you get, come on. There we go. Rip it hard. That's it. Let me help you with this one. Okay, there you go. A little extra packing tape there. All right, what do you got in there? First, tell us how many chocolates. Four. Four, okay. It's getting better and better. Now, can you read that real loud, Asher? Turn around and read that for everybody. He is the mighty God. All right, thanks, Asher. 
He is the mighty God. The next characteristic we see in our passage is that he is the mighty God. Mighty God. To what is this referring? Consider the following in Isaiah 2, 124. Therefore the Lord God of hosts, the mighty one of Israel, declares, Ah, I will be relieved of my adversaries and avenge myself of my foes. And also in Isaiah 10, 21, a remnant will return the remnant of Jacob to the mighty God. These words, mighty God, are once again a reference to the fact that God's indescribable gift, this baby boy, the deliverer, will be God, and he will therefore have the, listen, the power to deliver. The first reference he was God, wonderful counselor, speaking of the fact that he was God, was about his all wisdom and knowledge to deliver. Now he has the, because he's the almighty God, the mighty God, he has the power to deliver. You believe that God has all power this morning? I, I do too. He does have, and whether we believe it or not, he does. He has all power. He's powerful. He is God, and, and if Jesus is not God, then he doesn't have the power to forgive sin. If Jesus was not God, he does not have the power to be our deliverer from sin. And to show that he was God and had the power to forgive sin, I love this interaction that Jesus has with some Pharisees, some religious leaders. He actually tells a man that was paralyzed to, that I forgive your sin. And, and the religious leaders, who, who do you think you are? Well, okay. So he says, why does this man speak this way? He's blaspheming. Who can sin, forgive sins, but God alone? The answer to that is no one. Only God can forgive sin, and that was the point. So to prove, it was easy for him just to say, hey, you're forgiven. But to prove that he could forgive, then he healed the man. And he got up and he walked. He had the power over all things and had the power to forgive sin. Aren't you glad that the indescribable gift, Jesus, is the mighty God who can forgive sin? I, I'm glad. Because I know, I know my sin, and my sin is mighty. But this indescribable gift is the mighty God, and he can forgive my sin, and he can forgive yours. Hope I never get over that. Hope I never get over that he's my mighty God and he's forgiven me. Well, it's only getting better, isn't it? I won't even make it. If it gets better than this, I'm not even going to make it through the last boxes. So I need another volunteer. Here we go. Rip it open. Let's see, let's see that strength here. Rip it open hard. There we go. Rip it open. There we go. Just rip it away. Okay, let's see what's in this one. There we go. All right. What's in there? Keep pulling them out. Yep. I bet you there's more. Mm-hmm. There we go. All right. Pull that thing out there and read it really loud for us. Eternal Father. Now, now tell them. Tell them. Read, turn around and read it to them. 
He's the eternal Father. All right, thank you. Get all your chocolates. All right. He is the eternal Father. So, what's this mean? He's the eternal Father. What does this mean? This is speaking of a ruler who has a, or a paternal parent or a fatherly love for his people or children. Jesus speaks of this kind of love for his people in Matthew twenty-two thirty-seven. Look what he says. Um, and as he laments over Jerusalem. Jerusalem, Jerusalem, who kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to her. How often I wanted to gather your children together the way a hen gathers her chicks under her wings and you were unwilling. Jesus had this love, this paternal love for his people. Not only does the eternal father speak of parental love or fatherly love, but, but the word father here um, after that, it says, he, before it says he's the eternal father, eternal. His love for his ch- children is eternal. Isn't that good news? His love is eternal. It doesn't end. And Paul, can, it, it, in Romans 8, can, it says that the Romans 8, that nothing can separate us from the love of God that's in Christ Jesus our Lord. Nothing. Eternal father, eternal love for his people. What a great encouragement to the original recipients who didn't have rulers who loved them perfectly and forever. And what a great encouragement to us, the fact that God's indescribable gift is the eternal Father, whose love is precious and protective and powerful and carries us through the darkest times to know that he loves us eternally. When we're loved by him, nothing can take that away. Well, we've got two more boxes left. I need one. I need a volunteer for this one. Okay. All right. Back there, I, James Robert, you already helped me, so thanks, buddy. You helped me reading. Come on. Come on, hey, come on. let's see that 40-yard dash time. Here we go. Somebody's ham's burning, so we got to get rolling. Oh, yeah, it goes right for the top. I mean, he's just, get after it. There we go. Pull apart really strong. There we go. Who, who wrapped this with packing tape? Unbelievable. All right, let's get all the chocolates out. Let me help you. Can you get all those in your hand? Oh, he's going to have to go two hands on this one. How many you got? Six. All right, now read that for us. Read it real loud. Prince. Peace. See it real loud. He's the Prince of Peace. All right, there we go. He is the Prince of Peace. And we see that in our passage right here. He's the prince of peace in verse 6. Israel had not known much peace in their history. If you know much of Israel, they didn't know much peace. It was mostly strife and conflict. Some of it brought up on by themselves. Some of it not necessarily brought up by themselves, but part of God's plan. They didn't know much peace. And yet here, there's a promise that God's indescribable gift is going to bring peace. Man, what encouragement. Do we live in a world right now that's not a whole lot of peace? Yeah, there's not a whole lot of peace. Um, we've gone through a lot of strife. And the Messiah, uh, for these people, that we, we, he promises he will one day bring physical peace on earth. But these people in Isaiah's day needed to know a deeper peace than physical peace. They were at war with God through the rebellion against him and his word. And, and they needed the peace, they needed to be peace with God. Here was their hope of all the years. God's gift 
would be the Prince of Peace. He would bring peace with God. And when he came the first time, that's exactly what he did. He brought peace with God. Now listen to the message of the angels at the announcement of his coming. And we, we've read this probably, you may have read this this morning. We did it at our home. Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among men with whom he is pleased. Jesus came and he says there's peace. Because of his coming, there's peace among men with whom he is pleased or with whom his favor rests, some translations say. He eventually brought peace by turning, turning away God's wrath from his people through his life, death, burial, and resurrection. His people had rebelled. They would deserve God's justice, his, his just wrath. And yet, through Jesus' life, his death, his burial, and resurrection, he bought, brought peace with God. Romans 5.10 teaches this, that because of our sin, we're enemies of God. Now, Merry Christmas. I hope you all wanted to hear that, right? Yeah, because of our sin, we're enemies of God. But look what this indescribable gift accomplished and what we have an opportunity to receive in Romans 5.1. Therefore, having been justified by faith, listen, we are at peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. We didn't have peace with God, but he sent Jesus, the Prince of Peace, so we could have peace with God through faith in what Jesus has done for us. My prayer is that he is your Prince of Peace this morning. Well, We've seen that God's indescribable gift is a, a gift, a child. He's a wonderful counselor, mighty God, eternal father, prince of peace. Now there's one box. Come on, Judah. Come on, you've been waiting. Let's go. Come on, brother. You're faster than that. You've been waiting. Right there, rip that thing open. Come on. Keep ripping. Go through the, yeah, you don't have to get it all off. Just go through the top now. This guy's a thorough uh, gift unwrapper. Oh, yeah. Now that away, buddy. Keep ripping. All right. So what do you think's in there, Judah? What, get, get to chocolate. How many pieces do you think's in there? Seven. Sequence. He's got a sequence down. Good. Seven of them. Okay, read this everybody, for everybody. Don't eat it yet. He is the king, all right. He is the king. This is our, <clears throat> and we see this in verse seven. Look what it says in verse seven of our passage. There will be no end to the increase of his government or of peace on the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish and uphold it with justice and righteousness from then on and forevermore. And we'll look at the last phrase in a second. Not only will he have the power to accomplish this because he's the mighty God, but he will also have the position to accomplish this because he's the king. Say that with me. He's the king. He's the king. And he will reign forever. You know, the, the, the hallelujah chorus, and he shall reign, I'm not going to sing it for you, and he shall reign forever and ever and ever. Listen to the words the angel spoke to Mary about this king she would bear. He will be great and will be called the son of the most high and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever and his kingdom will have no end. This is God's indescribable gift. He is the king. He came once before and offered his kingdom and yet his people rejected his kingdom. He'll come again and not necessarily offer his kingdom. He's kind of come and bring his kingdom. My prayer is that we'll accept his kingdom before he brings it. Does that make sense? 
God's indescribable gift is the King of kings, the Lord of lords, and he will reign forever and ever. So who is a part of his kingdom? Look back at verse number six with me here in our passage. To us, to us. And we think about the original recipients, and and we look at the the, the context of the whole of Isaiah, and he's calling these people to repent and, and trust in this God that has promised to deliver, as we reminded all the way back from Genesis 3, that God would send a deliverer for sin. And they must trust in him. Abraham put it, was justified by faith. Isaac was justified by faith. Everybody was justified by faith. To us, is speaking of those, this was the faithful remnant of, of Israel that would receive this gift of those who would put their trust in what he was going to bring and who he was going to be. Only those who repent and trust in God's indescribable gift of Jesus will be part of his eternal kingdom and know him as the wonderful counselor, mighty God, eternal father, prince of peace. Well, how can we sure be sure this is going to happen? Is this like a fairy tale? Is this like Santa Claus? Is, you know, I'd be, be careful here. Um, younger people in here. Um, is this, is this, is this, is this God can't come through with what he promised? What do you think? That's why I said we're going to get back to verse 7. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will accomplish this. Jay pointed this out last night. The Lord himself guarantees it. The Lord himself guarantees it. The Lord of zeal, the Lord of hosts will accomplish this. Well, didn't I tell you the more that we looked in to who this indescribable gift was and we described him more and more, they would get better and better. Isn't it wonderful? And you put all those together and you have the indescribable gift. Have you received God's indescribable gift today? Have you received that gift this Christmas? If you have not, then I would encourage you, the greatest gift you could ever receive on any day, but especially on Christmas Day, is the gift of God's indescribable gift, his son. By turning from trusting in yourself to make yourself right with God and the deceitfulness of sin and turning and trusting in the death, the burial, the resurrection of Jesus Christ who did that to conquer sin and death on your behalf. I pray that you would receive that gift this morning. And if you've already received God's indescribable gift, consider how awesome and amazing it truly is. Let it move you. Think about that. Ponder, just like Mary pondered all these things in her heart, ponder these things in your heart today. Ponder about who he is and what he's done. Well, how can we respond to the fact that God has given his, in, his indescribable gift to us? You may, you may be asked in, in today or tomorrow or in the week uh, this question, what's your favorite Christmas gift? What was your favorite Christmas gift? And I've got the answer for all of us. God's indescribable gift. That's my favorite gift, Christmas gift. And l- listen to what God does and look at the opportunities to share about this indescribable gift when you answer in that way. When somebody asks you, what's your favorite Christmas gift? Say, hey, it's God's indescribable gift, his son Jesus. Well, to remind us again of, of, of the importance of the great privilege and commission we had to tell others of God's indescribable gift. I'm going to have Brian come back up here. Where did Brian Herzog go? There he is. And uh, we're going to end um, with how we began and also how we were commissioned last night to go tell on the mountain. We're going to sing together. Go tell it on the mountain. So if you'd stand with me as Brian leads us in Go Tell It on the Mountain. God, this morning for our time together, Lord, we thank you for the privilege to go tell it on the mountain, over the hills and everywhere that Jesus Christ is born. You've given your indescribable gift. 
And Lord, may we take that to the world, the world you've placed us in, the world around us. Uh, send and go and take the message that Jesus Christ is born, the Savior of the world. Uh, Lord, help us do that in Jesus' name. Amen. Just as Jay ended last night, go tell it on the mountain.